everyone. Welcome back to Careers Unfiltered. My name is Danae, and I work in the Green Center for Career Education and Connections here at the University of Rochester. Due to COVID-19, the job market is looking a little different right now, and we wanted to switch gears and create a mini-series capturing insight and advice from all different industry sectors. Unfortunately, my student co-host Bryce will not be joining me for these short interviews, but in his place, I'm excited to welcome my fellow colleagues from the Green Center. We miss our campus community and sincerely hope you're all doing well. With that being said, we hope you enjoy this episode of Careers Unfiltered. Welcome back to our industry mini-series. My name is Danae, and I am the communication manager at the Green Center here at the University of Rochester. My co-host for the day is one of our career advisors, Sophia Pavan Macias. Hi, Sophia. Hi. So happy you're able to join us today. This is awesome. Me too. <laughs> and I'm really excited because our guest today is Rosanna Moore, who has her Doctor of Musical Arts and Heart Performance and Literature with a minor in theater from the Eastman School of Music. And she's currently a freelance musician within the Rochester area and also teaches at Nazareth College and the Eastman Community Music School. And she's also a member of the Rochester Philharmonic Orchestra. Hi, Rosanna. Hi, how are you? Doing so well. So happy you're Hi. able to join us today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. Before we jump too much into everything, do you mind telling us a bit more about yourself, like where you are and the work that you currently are doing? Sure, absolutely. So to start at the very beginning, because why not? Uh, I'm <laughs> obviously not American, in case you couldn't tell by my dulcet tones. I am from the UK originally. Uh, my family moved around a lot when I was younger, but I ended up settling in Manchester and spending most of my formative years there. Uh, and my parents actually now live in Barcelona, because why not? <laughs> so I've been, I've got around a little bit, and now I live halfway around the world um, in Rochester. I have been playing the harp since I was nine years old. And I was definitely one of those kids that always enjoyed performing and being on stage. I'm sure I used to really frustrate my parents by making them sit down and listen to all these many concerts that I was doing when I was little. And slowly but surely that turned into, oh, this could be something that I want to do for my career. Before going to university, I went to Cheaton School of Music, which is a specialist music school, kind of like Interlochen in the US, uh, where I went for five years. And if you imagine a normal middle school and high school timetable, you still have your maths and your science and all of those things. Uh, but a third of that is dedicated to music, whether that's private lessons, theory, choir, things like that. So that kind of set me up to go, yeah, this is really what I want to do with my career. Uh, I did my undergraduate at the Royal Northern College of Music, graduating in 2011, and then took a year off to really decide where I wanted to go for grad school. I knew I wanted to go somewhere that wasn't in the UK. Uh, I'd been studying with my, uh, my teacher for my undergrad since I was nine years old. I think we're two years off to study with someone else uh, when my parents had moved away briefly for a couple of years. And so she was sort of pushing me out the door saying, you need to go and get someone else's perspective. And I had always wanted to apply for Eastman. Um, I had met my professor, uh, Professor Bride from Eastman, uh, when I was about 12 years old and had my first ever master class with her and was very precocious, I'm sure, and turned around and said, I'm going to study with you one day. And this poor woman was like, 
yes, they assure you. <laughs> and sure enough, I finished my undergrad, sent her an email saying, I'm interested in coming here. And the rest is history. I, I got into the master's program, loved it so much that um, I stayed for the doctorate. And now I'm gigging and trying to get a visa to stay in the US. So uh, that's another story. And uh, sort of teaching and researching and performing and doing anything that I can possibly do within the arts field. So that's a little whistle stop tour. Wow, that's fantastic. So interesting. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about how the current situation, I guess, has impacted, because it seems like you're doing a lot of different things, um, how it's impacted your current work, I guess, any insights on how it's impacted your industry as well and, and as a whole? So the arts, I, this has impacted us so, so much. I must say that I'm incredibly grateful that I have my teaching and most of my teaching has continued. So uh, the joy of being in the 21st century, we can use Zoom or FaceTime or Skype or any of those things. It's not the same as being in the room with a student kind of say, oh, can su suggest something with a hand position say, oh, your wrist is a little bit out. Can you bring your elbow up a little bit? It's more difficult when there's a screen in between, but at least there's something. As for performing music, obviously I work with orchestras. Uh, I also play in a lot of chamber groups. And when we're social distancing and you can't really have people have people there. You can't meet as your orchestra, let alone with an audience. So we've certainly been impacted in that way. And I, personally, I've, I've lost a lot of performing work uh, in the past few weeks, a uh, few weeks, few months, as have a lot of colleagues. Um, but we're looking for different ways to try and still bring art to people while still being able to support ourselves. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that the arts can be very impacted by this. Um, but you're right, technology is really helping, at least with the teaching aspect of things. But I wonder how performance and, and just display of art is going to be impacted in general uh, or how it will evolve in the in the coming year or so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I will say we're a resilient lot, so I'm sure we will come through the other side. But we are having to get creative and there's always been the discussion of, oh, how long are orchestras going to survive? You always read about orchestras sort of having issues um, with renewing their contracts and things like that. And this is certainly impacted and, uh, even more. But because we're in the creative field, we just need to find ways of turning it around and still being able to produce our art. So one way that um, RPO has been doing this, for example, is doing a, a living room series every week. So one or two musicians, uh, two if they live together, <laughs> um, will present a concert every Saturday at 6pm and they'll talk to the audience and it's a way of engaging, which is really wonderful. I know a number of different organisations that have done this. I've done this for uh, a small orchestra that I'm principal harp with, the orchestra of the Southern Finger Lakes. I did a recital on my birthday a couple of weeks ago because why not it was an excuse to put on a ball gown and some makeup and sit in my living room playing some music and with my cats running around my feet of course and uh, Lake George Music Festival uh, which is a wonderful festival that I've been playing with since 2015 they've also put together an arts relief series a quarantine concert series where each musician in the orchestra can choose to sign up to perform a recital and then any money that comes in is being sent to us, which is, um, it's not making up for the amount of work we're losing, but it's at least something. 
that's sort of helping keep us alive and make sure that we can pay rent and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's honestly, that's incredible. I know even from my perspective where I'm sitting, I swear I go on Facebook every day and there's a different artist or musician who's doing something, right? And it's been so cool to see, like the community has really come out so strong in the sense, like you're saying, they're very, very resilient. And it's been a lot of fun. Like I love being able to go on Facebook and see like, I don't know, a band down the street performing from their garage. Like, it's just great. I love it. Thank you for sharing some of your insights on that. I was hoping that you wouldn't mind sharing some advice that you might have for students who are trying to navigate this time. Like, as we all know, it's, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, and I would love it too, if you could share maybe some of your experiences, even as an international student. Absolutely. So, I mean, the main bit of advice for everyone at the moment, um, if I'm qualified to give advice, I'm not sure about that. Um, keep talking to people. Uh, I, for one, I'm a very, very much a social butterfly. So being cooped up inside is definitely not my favorite thing to be doing. I understand why we're doing it, but I think for everyone's mental health sake, make sure you're checking in with friends, especially those who you haven't heard from for a while. That's really, really important. Aside from checking in with people and your families, obviously, spend some time away from your screen every day. That's really important. I think we're all just getting so tired of looking at Zoom screens or um, Skype and then obviously the news keeps being updated and then there's social media. So taking some time away from that is really important. Personally, I, I do yoga every day. If I don't do it every day, I'm slightly grouchy. So that's my hour and 15 minutes that I know I'm not looking at a screen or doing anything. I'm just kind of trying to chill out and, um, be with my thoughts a little bit. And, um, as well as that, I've started reading a lot more. I've always enjoyed reading, but obviously I make the excuse of, Oh, I don't have time. I have to drive (laughs) to this gig, but not driving anywhere at the moment. So carving out time for yourself to, um, enjoy, enjoy this time as much as you can. I know that's a very strange way of looking at it, but it's one of those, we could look back when this all blows over, hopefully soon and go, Oh, I wish I'd used that time a little more, but also appreciating that we kind of need to grieve that we don't have our lives that we had that we had even a few weeks ago but it's a strange balance with that from an international student standpoint uh, I know this is kind of terrifying at the moment I'm navigating the waters of applying for my work visa I'm just coming to the end of my OPT with my F1 visa that I've been on. So I'm, (laughs) I keep seeing executive orders and then going, Oh gosh, is this impacting me? Oh no, it's okay. So it's talking to your international office. Um, like they're all there. They're friendly. I know they sometimes put the fear of God in you, but it's, they are there to talk to you and they're, they are a friendly bunch. I promise (laughs) that they are the best people to talk to rather than just turning to, uh, there's a bunch of forums online, which always have misinformation on there, but go and talk to your DSO. They're, they're there to help and they can give you some advice on where to go if something's not going to plan. Amazing. Thank you. That's such great advice. You know, like it really is to the benefit of the student to go directly to the source, right? Like just find out 
find out who you need to talk to and work out whatever situation you're currently going through. Cause we all know it's all so unique to, to the in- individual. Um, oh, absolutely. It's, I, I mean, I'm sure you all saw the executive order last week. I <laughs> probably, I, I'm not someone who suffers from panic attacks, but I went through a whole day of going, Oh God, I've been working for such a long time towards this. What am I going to do? And then it turns out it's like, Oh yeah, the bark is worse than its bite with it. Definitely. It's definitely a weird time, right? Um, yeah. So we are running a little bit out of time. So Rosanna, thank you so much for joining us. Your perspective has been great. I always love talking to fellow people in the arts. It's always so much fun. Um, Sophia, thanks for joining as well. It was great to thank have you as a you. co-host. Thank you so much. It was so interesting to hear um, what you do, Rosanna. Thanks for sharing. Not at all. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really lovely talking to you both today. If you like what you're hearing, give us a rating on your podcast listening platform of choice, subscribe, and share us with your friends. Thank you so much, and see you next time on Careers Unfiltered.